This one time a game. I was playing D&D with a group of pretty experienced players under a really experienced storyteller. At some point in the evening, the game just fell apart. It was the middle of a giant combat, and nothing went smooth or in a fun way. Everyone at the table felt it. Well, everyone but the storyteller. He was so oblivious, in fact, that he kept the game going another three hours. When the game finally ended, as we all left, the ST finally recognized that we, the players, were not pleased with how things went. We were tired, it was the middle of the night, no one wanted to hash out what had happened right at that moment, and so the storyteller asked if we'd just all email him the next day and tell him what happened, and so we agreed. The next day didn't go like I planned, however. See, that morning, my wife, Carrie, she was pregnant at the time, and she had a miscarriage. We spent the next 12 hours in the hospital. So letting my friend know that his role-playing game fell apart wasn't really on my priority list. I had lost a child and my wife was needing further procedures. It just wasn't going to happen. A few days later, I got a rather aggressive email from this guy, filled with curse words because I didn't call him to tell him that I thought his game had fallen apart. I calmly explained to him that I'd been at the hospital and what had happened, and he didn't care. Over the course of the next few emails, he made it pretty clear that I was a terrible friend for breaking my word and not calling him about his role-playing game while I was at the hospital with my wife's miscarriage. It was the final moment of a friendship that I would eventually come to realize had been defined by years of manipulation and social abuse. All right, roll for initiative. Welcome to On a Roll, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to to have have fun. fun. Wow, that was beautiful. Ten times a charm. Brought a tear to my eye. So, all right. Well, I am Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. And joining me, as always, is Carrie the Legend. Hello. And Jason, who is... The favorite and with the least creative socks. Really? I'm not wearing any socks. Well, that's pretty creative, isn't it? It is. All right. Well, you can find us uh, anywhere you can find all of your favorite podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're all Stitcher. Stitcher. We are on Stitcher. Jason just found us on Stitcher. Yeah, I did find us on Stitcher. Hey, I like this podcast. Well, the the beauty of it is is that I've got like three podcasting services on my phone, so I I liked us on all three. So that makes our numbers look higher. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, You can also find us at facebook.com slash groups slash on a roll podcast if you want to tell us what you think or give us ideas also we'd encourage you to subscribe to us wherever you're getting your podcasts and uh we'd really love it if you were to give us a review go say hey i like them and give us five stars because five stars is uh about all the stars that we can handle so there you go i can handle a lot of stars yeah yeah yeah, but also you did forget one thing. What did I forget? You forgot to tell everyone that our Patreon is live. That's true. Well, I thought that was your new thing because that's what you've been working on all week. I have, but I don't feel good. So well, when we last I'm left, just, I'm working on it, but I don't want to talk. <laughs> when, we, when we last left our intrepid adventurers, uh, we were sitting right here at this table recording a podcast, and it had come to an end. So, Carrie, what you been up to? Oh, I'm working on a. The Patreon. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, is that live? It is, it is live. live. <laughs> it is. I heard, I'd heard that it was live. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah? Did you hear that on Stitcher? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't actually listen to the podcast. Well, yeah. I just... Tell it to market as listened. Right. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, uh, podcasts actually do cost money to make. Uh, there is a lot of equipment involved and also a lot of time and energy and efforts and things. And so uh, to help us with hosting costs and equipment costs and things like that, we have started a Patreon. So if you really like us, uh, as yeah. soon as you finish subscribing and giving us a five-star review, you Woo! can go to patreon.com slash podcast. And consider maybe throwing a couple bucks our way to, to help us keep this thing going. As a note, I don't really care if they like us or not. 
if they want to contribute, feel free. <laughs> if you want, if you want to send us hate money, I'm down. <laughs> so if you listen to the podcast and are like, "Man, they suck," if you send us, us more us money, money maybe we'll be better. Yeah, maybe we won't suck. So, so for much. just a one hundred dollar Patreon <laughs> commitment, that's right. You can go to Stitcher and give a one star review. That's right. <laughs> hey, what what's the the highest level? The one where they get to tell us what to do for six weeks. What? No way! That we didn't do that. No, our, our our highest level is at 150. You get to run a game for us. I think that's amazing. And, I really uh, want somebody we'll, to do that. Yeah, and we'll uh, live play podcast it. But what you told me is the important thing is is that we have to make sure that it actually processes before we let them oh, do well, something yes, crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. You need to make sure that their funds go through. Right. Yeah. And then they get to run a game. Because if, if the check bounces, uh, so does the game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What about you, Jason? What have you been up to this week? Uh, well, I have had a lot of work again. I had to go to night shift for a few days, but I've been working on reading through those uh, the books that I had, yeah. and uh, I've been thinking about Orion, but I haven't had time to do any writing, so... Uh, honestly, I haven't been crazy busy. What have you been doing, Ryan? Well, I, too, have worked. Uh, I work in public relations, and one of the... One of the facilities where I work is just like 25 miles away from the volcano in Hawaii. So oh, wow. So no. have you been some, doing emergency work again? Uh, no. You know what? The, the crazy thing is that it turns out that Hawaiians are just like, eh, whatever. We have volcanoes. It happens. Yeah. We're, we, we're aware of this. So we like care. Evacuate in our moment of triumph. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. Well, didn't you do a lot of work uh, the last hurricane that came through yeah. Florida? Yeah. You had to do a lot of work like, for that. Here's the thing is you send buses to get people in Florida and take them to Tennessee or whatever to get them out right. into Florida. Like, you can't put people in buses on an island and get them away from the island. Right. <laughs> so they're just kind of like, hey, we live here. This and is what we they're do. aware of what to do. Yeah. Take care of ourselves. They're all good. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they're good to go. What? Hey, now. And continuing to, to, you know, chip away at the gun belts. I'm really looking forward to another uh, play test. Um, I and am, I, too. I, I can't wait till, till we're ready. I, so. I want to see your uh, what your current rule set looks like because I want to start writing uh, my adventure. Cool. Heist yeah. at the Junk Moon. That's definitely. If I've got a good <laughs> idea. Cool. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited about yeah. it. So, and of course, uh, last night was the Werewolf LARP. Yeah, the local Werewolf LARP. Yeah, I couldn't make so. that one. It was my son's you birthday. You missed a horrible game. I hate that. Just awful. Well, I'm I'm afraid that Kevin is one of three listeners, so we don't need to say his <laughs> game was bad. And, and it Kevin, was, I'm sure your game was great. It was fantastic. It was the best game I'd ever played in. It was better than yeah. cats. Right? Better than Cats? The musical. Oh, I thought yeah. you played in a game called Cats. No. We based have, on the no, musical. Okay, to be fair, we have played a game called Cats. And based on the musical? And no, someone who was once in was, Cats. But it was a John Wick game. Oh. oh. And someone who was once in Cats plays in our game. Yeah, see? Travis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. So. Yeah, anyway, circles to, back. Right. So to be to be honest, though, it was a fine game. I'm, I'm, I was just giving them a hard time because right. I know that they... Well, you were, so. you were the only one of the trio who could be there that night. That's right. And none of your pack was there but you. Nobody. That's not true. One of my pack mates was oh, there. Oh, that's right. Christmas was there, wasn't that's he? That's right. Yeah. yeah. We have a friend named Christmas. It's So there. I always forget his real name because Justin. I've been told three different names is his real name. He I tells people, remember. currently he tells people his real name is Justin. Okay. Excellent. Justin it is. Yeah. So there we go. Yes. All right. Well, then I suppose <laughs> we can uh, go ahead and move to combat rounds. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today, our topic was picked by Jason. I point that out. That way, if it goes sour... Oh, that's fair. It's it's his fault. (laughs) So the topic is toxicity in role-playing. Or or apparently in podcasts. In podcasts. Well, you know what? It's fair because in life, we encounter toxic people constantly. But it's, it's a thing. It's one of those things where, like, you know what you think is a toxic person, but everybody else may disagree with your definition. I think of myself as a toxic revenger. Hey, like your character, the mold, the black, the black mold. mold. The black That's mold. I kept screaming at the the podcast when I was listening to that. You were like, "Yeah, my character is like this guy." I'm like, "Why isn't he saying Toxic Avenger?" That's clearly what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know this is a this is a big topic. It's a heavy topic, yeah, and uh, and it's a topic that no matter what we say, we're going to tick somebody off. 
And so let me just be the first to say, uh, ha-ha, we ticked you off. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's fair because there's no way to sit down and talk about this without upsetting somebody. Right. Uh, good or bad. You may not be toxic, but you may feel like that our definitions are too strong or my definition or Carrie's definition is too strict right. or not strict enough. Well, let's maybe just start unpacking there. What's it mean to be toxic? Because one of the things that I've noticed lately is that as soon as a player does something wrong, they are immediately told that, well, that's toxic behavior. And I personally don't believe that toxic behavior is indicated by one single moment. Uh, For me, a toxic player or a toxic environment or a toxic storyteller is is one of those things that uh, is... There's an element of recurring problems. It's a trend. I I think that uh, mostly you're correct, but I also think it depends on what they are doing. If you have a player that comes in and murders all your other players, you know, <laughs> clearly that's toxic. You don't want them to continue to do that. Well, I, you know, I, I, obviously that's a super extreme crazy thing. Well, no, I think your point is is has merit. You're saying yeah. that there's some behaviors that are toxic immediately. Yes. You don't have to wait to see a trend. Right, right. yeah. You well, know. I think it's important to note that the, the very, the definition of toxic is poisonous. Yes. Poison doesn't kill you the moment you drink it. Do you it know what I'm saying? It's the right poison. It's, well, <laughs> well that's t- what I'm saying. If, if a person, uh, extreme example here, if a person molests one of your players, they're clearly toxic the very first time. Yeah, you don't wait for them to happens. do it again. But are they toxic or are they just criminal? Well, can't it be both? For me, toxic behavior, toxic behavior is permeating. It spreads, it, uh, it festers, and it, it, I mean, to me, toxic repa- behavior is also repetitive. My personal definition is usually, it, well, I say usually, is basically something like this. Someone who is using out-of-character manipulation to achieve in-character goals or in-character manipulation to achieve out-of-character goals. Now, the goals are important. For example, if the goal for both of those is to have fun, and that is for everybody, then, you know, we've, we've all guided our character a little bit here and there, out of character, so that other people have more fun. But usually it's something more sinister than that. They are using their in-game influence to get dates, or they're using their out-of-game influence to become prince, or to get to be in charge of a plot that right. they're particularly interested in or to make their like when I was in the Camarilla which is now Minds Out Society people would occasionally manipulate events in game or out of game so they would be elected to uh, be a storyteller or a coordinator now I don't know what it's like now but at the time that was a serious issue people use their popularity as a weapon I'm just surprised I guess that we have such kind of differing ideas of what it means to be toxic. To me, the, the example that you would use, like coming into a game and and sexually harassing someone. Yeah. W- one of you had said that that felt like that, you know, like that is a toxic behavior the very first time it happens. Right. And I don't think so. I think it is unacceptable and it is horrible and that player should be thrown out, certainly. But, but you think that toxicity to me, is not, a separate issue? Yes. I think that that is, that is just this one horrible thing that is that just makes you a horrible person, not toxic to our game. And, and and the behavior is just as horrific and unacceptable. But I also think though that when a behavior like that happens at your game, even if that player is ejected, that behavior's uh, what it does to your game remains for a while, like a toxin would. But are repercussions to things not just normal? I mean, everything has a repercussion. Somebody coming into a game. And doing and sexually harassing someone that just because that's just such the easiest example. Sure, because we all agree that's toxic. Yeah, completely. We all agree that that's that's bad. Yeah, it's wrong. Yes, yes. So, but to me, like it's not toxic until they become a broken stare. Ah, you know what? That's my favorite jargon. Buzzword? <laughs> buzzword? I, I really like it because I've encountered we, it so many times. Did we use that in our buzzword? We did not. <laughs> well, no, because we, it's not really a buzzword. Right. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a very real thing. Jason, you want to tell us what a what well, broken stare is? The, my understanding uh, is that a broken stare is a person... Okay, for example, at my my house, I literally had a broken stare in, in my, my back porch. It was an old concrete step, and if you stepped on it wrong, it would move. 
Well, me and Scott, my son, went down it all the time. We were fine. My wife, she did not realize that the step was messed up. And when she went down it, she fell and hurt her knee. So I fixed the stair so they didn't do that anymore. I actually removed it completely. But someone had to be hurt before you dealt with it. Yes. You just went, well, just don't step on it. Right. For, For a long time, me and Scott both knew that it was a problem. So we just ignored it and we worked around it or stepped over it. And so in role playing communities and really any community, there's always a person. Unfortunately, there's almost always at least one person who is not great. And everybody knows that's been around that that person's not great. And we all tell each other, hey, watch out. This guy's not great. Or that you roll your eyes, oh, that's just Carrie. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Or we say, well, Ryan has these opinions, and you just don't talk to him about that. You know what? I, I encounter it at work sometimes. There'll be someone who is racist, and everybody just kinds of lets it go. They're like, well, that's just old Billy. He's he's a little racist. It's that generation. Right. right. And, yeah. and in a way, that means that you're setting up every person who interacts with them, especially, obviously, a person of color, to be subjected to their racism because right. you don't call them out on it, and but and that's tricky too. That's a whole that's a whole other topic. Sure, sure. So interestingly enough, though, the toxicity of the broken stair scenario almost lies with everyone else in their tolerance or excuses. Well, or, that's or the ignoring. problem. Yeah, isn't it? Because we all want to be part of a community, right? And we don't. Role players tend to try to be inclusive, right? And we also, there's a lot of behaviors that we tend to default around saying, well, you know, we have to accept a little antisocial behavior because most of us were not particularly social in high school or we had very small, tight-knit groups and we weren't popular. So we just ignore some behaviors. Well, we empathize with some we of We empathize it. because you know, a lot was, of us have been there. Yeah. When I was in Lexington for Lexicon a few weeks ago, uh, I had a guy purchase my book and... He was asking me, he was like, well, you wrote a book about about this stuff. Tell me, I've got a guy whose behavior in my tabletop group has become toxic. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, we have a guy who comes to our, our Friday night session every week, and all he wants to do is roll dice and do combat. And he doesn't want to really participate when we're, you know, when we're, our characters are interacting. When we go into towns, all he wants to do is go to the shop and buy the weapons, or he wants to pick fights with people in the town. And so there's combats that aren't even necessary happening all the time. And it's just, it ruins the game every single week. And we don't really know, you know, how do you deal with someone like that? Well, and and he made a point to say that none of them really liked him either. Right. And so, uh, you know, my, my response was, of course, the initial normal reaction, which is meet him for coffee outside of games so you don't embarrass him in front of everybody and, you know, buy him a cup of coffee and explain to him the issue and just be like, look, if you want an all combat kind of game, maybe there's another gaming group out there that you will be a better fit with, right? And and if you want to continue to play that way, go play that way somewhere else. And if you want to come back to our group and try to to play a little bit more the way we play, then these are some ideas on how to help you do that, right? And he kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit about it. And and let me backstep for one second and just say, I believe the fact that this guy comes and ruins their game every single week, that his behavior has become toxic to their group. Yes, it's absolutely. Okay, it's ruining all of their fun. And I said, what would you do if you looked over and you watched him cheat on a die roll? If he rolled his d20 and when you glanced away and you looked back, he had moved it to a 20, you know, and you know that he did that, what would you do? And he was like, oh, I'd throw his ass out because he was cheating. And I said, okay, think about this. If he cheats, he's only ruining the experience for himself. Right. Because when you, when you cheat like that, all he did was he made it so that his character didn't experience some sort of challenge or difficulty. He only cheated the rule, the, the story on himself. You know, it doesn't really affect anyone else. Whether or not you roll a 20 or not doesn't affect how I play my character. Right. So he's only affecting himself, but you throw him right out immediately. Yep. But if he shows up every single week and he makes all nine of you have a miserable, piss poor shit experience and hate your gaming group, you let him come back every week. Like th- That's a problem. And, and we tolerate toxicity like that all the time in our gaming groups. And, and I think some of that, of course, is just because we're all socially awkward, as you were just saying. Like, you and know, we don't want to kick anybody out we don't because want to we've all been 
I don't want to say kicked out, but excluded. And so we don't want to be excluders. Right. right. We don't but, want to be elite. Right. El- elitists. But, but we, guess what? If they cheated, you'd throw them out. That's right. <laughs> I, I think that's... Uh, we talked about a little bit in our communication uh, episode is that you kind of have to lay out what kind of game you're playing. Right. And I think that if people aren't interested in the game that you're running, that's, that's okay. They just... They're not welcome. I, well, I don't want to say they're not welcome. More like, hey, this is what we're doing. If you're not doing that, you got to do what you're doing somewhere else. Right. Just like you said. And so, to me, in that example, though, if that happened one night, if everybody got together on the for one Friday night, and he sat down, and all he did was want to do combat, and he ruined the night for everybody, and then we all went home. Right. Like, to me, that was not... That's not He the wasn't a toxic player. He just... He, you might say he was a... You know, depending overly on, aggressive. You might say, yeah, you might even say like, well, he was a crappy player, right? You know, if that's not how you enjoy playing. Now, there are other people who enjoy playing Dungeons and Dragons that way, and, that's and they might have said he was the best player of the group. Yes, you know, and but that's okay. He just didn't fit. But to me, that that in and of itself isn't toxic. What's toxic is that it happens every week, and it ruins it. It permeates the game, and it ruins it. To me. There's several different ways that people abuse a game, and the, the, the easiest to notice is the first one uh, abuses the rules. Either they cheat or they power game in a game that, that's not made for that, or especially what gets me for power gamers is people who ignore the last half of a sentence. Do you know what I mean? Like, like hey, this power lets me do this, and you're like, yes, but it costs you that, or it's got this drawback. Or they ignore the social cost of doing a thing. I don't think when players do that, and this isn't always, I think it's probably about 50-50, I don't think players are doing that on purpose. You think they just get excited? Trust me, I know that there are some players that do absolutely cheat. Well, you're the legend. You've Uh, met a lot. Yeah, I have, unfortunately. Your cheating is legendary. uh, (laughs) um, But I also know that a lot of players, they go, oh no, this power works this way. I just read it. And you're like, no, dude, I, I know it doesn't work that way. And then when you read it to them, they're like, oh. Oh, that last oh. sentence. And they really aren't doing it on purpose. Right. We like, talked, we've talked about before about how in, in TGN, in the Gru Nation, that LARP org, there was a, some super basic, simple gift. Like, I mean, I don't know if it was Sense Worm or I don't even remember what it was, but it was like this gift that everybody used twice a night. And people have been using it wrong for and years. And it had been used wrong for so many years that like when somebody, some new player at some point said, that's not how it worked. And the whole game was like, uh, uh, yes, hey, new player, you're and, wrong. And he was like, but it says right here in the book. And everybody looked, and no joke, we, the whole game went, oh my gosh, it doesn't work like that. And then like we had sent an email to the the storyteller board of directors in that org, and we're like, hey, you realize we've all been running this wrong? And like the whole org was like, oh my gosh. We've been running, we've this, been wrong. running this wrong. Right. Yeah, so it's not. So what you're saying is that sometimes people are going to abuse the rules by accident. I'm, and that's saying, not by definition toxic. I'm saying... I think you can have toxic behavior and not realize you're doing it or okay. not seem like to that. do it. Yes. I think it's fair to say that 90% of the people who are, are toxic players have no clue they're toxic players. Oh, yes. Uh, in my experience, they feel like the opposite. They, uh, they, they champion the, well, I'm going to help get rid of champ, uh, toxic players. They're victims. Yeah. Yeah. They think they're a victim. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and they truly like, believe that. They right. believe they're victim. And I, I believe that sometimes it's a, like Carrie says, it's coming from an honest place of, I don't realize that my behavior is poor because, obviously, I'm making the right decisions. Self-examination right. is very or, difficult. Or no one has told them. No one has told them, right. Yeah. And I know that this. I've seen this happen in tabletop, in LARP, and I've seen it happen in mush, too. Right. A lot in mush. You can't fix something that's broken if you don't know it's broken. Right. You have to address things that happen in your game. And again, I think this this is why I don't feel like a single instance of something is necessarily indicative of a to- of something being toxic. You know, I think that it is possible to power game something one time and it not be toxic. Sure. I, or I, if it, that's the game. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't agree with that, but I do understand right. your viewpoint on that. But I'm going to argue with the rest of the episode because and I'm... And you can. I'm the curmudgeon. It's and my job. Can. Your job is... It's my job. I just read this article about the problem with uh, um, toxic players. And one of, the, one of the things I talked about, how is that in organizational play and even local games that are large enough to support it, 
uh, you'll have people that are toxic, and maybe they don't realize it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was written by this guy named Matthew Webb, and it was all about how that, as a programmer, he has to always have his white hat on to be a good hacker, to try to figure out anything he writes, what systems can be abused by black hats. And he talks all about how that you have to think of your toxic players as black hats who are trying to abuse the systems that you have in place to prevent them from abusing the game and the players at it. Okay. And he talks about how, how everything has to have all kinds of redundancies and how organizations have an obligation to design systems that prevent people from automatically taking, you know, these toxic people from automatically taking over the organization. Right. Well, one of the, I think one of the hindrances in that in LARP organizations or in role-playing game organizations or even in MUSH is this idea of uh, the click. It's and a problem. It's not always even an intentional click, right? Like, for example, there may be a situation where a group of players believe something and they come to the, they believe incorrectly that the toxic player is the victim. And so when you punish the toxic player or deal with the toxicity that's occurring, all of their that guy's friends who couldn't possibly believe, you know, Jason couldn't do that. He's the favorite. Right. He never would have done that. And so they all swoop into his defense and suddenly the people who are protecting the, the masses are the bad guys. There's this cost, you know, the, the cost of doing the right thing sometimes is you lose great players yeah. who are just misinformed yeah. that are trying to prevent toxicity exactly right yes. because they feel like that the they're being abused from the powers above right. i actually uh find that happens more in mush than anything else it's happening because, in underground theater right now really terribly yeah but i'm saying like but like for for larpers anyway you can usually be like look let me take you out for coffee and then Let's we'll talk. talk about this one-on-one. Or, or tabletop, you see people face-to-face. In Mush, because the only interaction they have is on the on the typing, you know, with that, yes. is that they, they do form, you know, this is my friend, and my friend was treated poorly, and you said right. these things. But they and, don't see the pages where right. where they that friend was, was messaging the storytelling staff going, if you don't do exactly what my character wants for me to win, I'm going to sue you. Yeah, right. or, or I'm going to walk and take all of my friends with me. That reminds me of an Invisibilia podcast episode I was listening to recently. It was about the punk scene and how that they started having call-out culture, and one of the kind of feminist leaders in the movement uh, realized that her best friend was probably guilty of a lot of these behaviors that she was trying to fight against. Right. And she had to completely cut off contact with him because otherwise she was no better than the other people that she had said, hey, you've ignored these problems forever because that guy was your buddy. Right. Well, this is my buddy, so I have to cut him loose, too. I, I think that a lot of cultures are experiencing this as we're in the era of the social justice warrior. Um, I think that there is a section, there's a, a sense of, of posturing yes. that has to occur, um, you know, to, to stand up for what's right and all these things. And some of, some of the posturing comes from just the fact that we all want to do what's right. But sometimes we value posturing and doing what's right so strongly that we end up actually doing a disservice to what's right and doing what's wrong. Well, the problem is is that it's hard to know who is actually the toxic person if you don't have all the information. Right. And too often in, in gaming, gaming groups and gaming communities, we think of ourselves as knowing everything and that we know all of the information. Or we believe our friend. Which right. is a tough call not to believe your friend because... Right. I mean, I, I have known people who were accused of things in the past that the evidence came out that they weren't guilty. Right. So it's a difficult call. Who yeah. do you believe? Uh, but at the same time, I don't, you know, we have to do something. We have to support. Absolutely. But yeah. I think we're starting to move towards a whole other co- podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A very, a very <laughs> special episode. Yeah. Let's, let's, watching the legend become more and more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's it's a tricky subject to talk about, yeah. and I, I don't want to do a podcast in which we avoid tough things, but I want us to, to be mindful and spend some time researching this and so we get it just right. Sure. And I also think that that part of the conversation is so large, it almost deserves its whole own episode. Yeah, absolutely does. Or else there's a disservice done to it. So let's talk about what what can we specifically do about toxic players. I think the first thing, really, is we just need to to know that they exist. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? The first... The first, the first step is believing that it's a thing. The first step is knowing that the broken stair is the second step. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy because we have to... And there's a lot of different kinds of broken stairs, obviously. And, and, and toxic toxicity is not just broken stairs. In a way, it is because it's all about accepting the poor behavior of somebody else. Right. And just letting it go. See, and that's, I think, maybe where, where my feelings about the definition come from. Right. Come in is like, to me, it... It's not toxic the first time it happens because you should be cutting it off. Well, like, you know what I mean? It becomes toxic when you tolerate it and it moves on and becomes more. By using that definition, let's say, you know, you got bit by a player and now you have this toxicity in your arm and you chop off your arm, it was still toxic. You had to do something because it was toxic. I guess, but I'm going to have to cut this part because I don't want to be proved wrong on the podcast. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Yeah, usually you edit those things out later, and it just makes it look like you were right. Right. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. Like ninety percent of the podcast occurs in it. We, we yeah. actually record two hours of podcast. That's very. I just trim it down. Generous. To, I just trim it down to the parts that make me look good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the first thing we have to do is is we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes it's going to be people we like. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. and we we have to really be okay with that. Um, we have to think of our gaming community as a community. You know, it, no, everyone in the community, even the people we aren't close with, they are part of the community. Right. And and we don't want the community to go bad. And sometimes that means your friend maybe has to move out. You know, I, I've had friends in the past that... You've never had friends in the past. That's true. We are uh, your first friends. Well, <laughs> you're in the top eight, nine, something like that. You know, Uh who were terrible at game and fine hanging out with. And yeah. at some point, the community had to be like, look, game is bad for you. You need to stop. Right. And so they're still fine as long as they're not a game. And if you're a mature adult and you recognize the fact that certain situations are difficult for you to handle, that's okay. Right. That makes you not toxic anymore. But it, but recognizing that potential within yourself and being willing to tell your friends hey, while you're a game, you behave poorly, and I expect better of you because we're friends. Again, they can't fix it if they don't know it's broken. Right, and, and please tell me if I cross the line, because I've crossed the line. Jason, right now, your hand on my thigh, that's crossing the line. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have pre-written consent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, like that? Cut. We're, we're, <laughs> we're both friends, and we know that we're joking. But if I was to make that joke to the wrong person at game, and thinking that we're on that level, right? that it would be fine, but I was wrong. But I'm not saying I have, but I probably have made inappropriate jokes to people in the past. In fact, I know I have, because you've told me I needed to call them and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, actually, that's super important, though, that, that we've been talking a lot yeah. about how you know people behave like they shouldn't be in the situation or whatever. Yes. But... If you tell someone that their behavior is toxic, it can be corrected. Yeah, that's you know, just, absolutely true. Just because someone, maybe somebody is, you know, they're they're rolling and they're cheating on their rolls. You, you know, can be I like, have... dude, we saw you. We like having you here. You can't do that anymore. And they could be like, you know what? I like being in this gaming group. I'm not going to cheat anymore. Not all toxic behavior re- needs to be responded to with ejection. Right. Exactly. Well, you know what? I was some in a does. game. Some some behavior should respond with, but some injection, can be corrected. But some yes. can be corrected. A few years ago, I was in a game that was a lot of fun with some really fun people, and we caught one of them cheating their dice rolls. And everybody was, you know, they reacted the way you would expect. Yeah, they were very upset. And but instead of kicking them out, we essentially said, "Hey, we saw that man. You no, that's not cool." Don't ever do that again. Right. And the person didn't. And they were fine after that. Right. So I always take a hard line on anything that's uh, sexual, obviously. Yeah. But other things, I'm willing to talk to people and say, hey, your behavior was too far. Or, hey, you need to correct this. Or, we knew you were cheating. 
Yeah. And I, I think that um, those those second chances, I guess, are important for for lesser toxicities. Yes. <laughs> well, it, there like is I've some said, anti-venom out there. Right. <laughs> you can't teach people to be better. They just have to be willing to accept that advice. I think that's a big part of it, being willing to accept criticism of yourself. Right. And... Being good enough friends with people to expect them to criticize you when you're wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, now that we've shown that Jason is wrong, let's go ahead. Uh, Hey. Hey. (laughs) We edit that out, right? Anytime I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I think one of the the last things you can really do with a toxic player is you, you, it's important for there to be trust in your staff to handle it. Yes. You know, if your storyteller... Uh, if, if you're Dungeon Master or if you're Board of Directors, if it's a LARP org or if you're Wizard staff, if it's a Mush or mm-hmm. whatever, if if they have said, we have ejected this player from our gaming community because of this toxic behavior, um, we have to have an environment in which we trust them to make those calls. I think if you don't trust your staff, there's a very simple solution to that. Don't play in that game. Exactly. And I know that in org play that that's a little more complicated. Right. And that maybe you pursue it up some next level. But for the most part, if I go to a game and I think that the staff is not trustworthy to deal with an issue, I'm just not going to play. Exactly. Because you have to feel safe. I have to feel safe. I have to feel like I'm not just safe, but... My family is safe, as in, like, my wife that's there. My friends Mm -hmm. are safe there. Because me just being safe isn't enough. I have to feel like it's a safe environment. Yeah. And, and, you know, most of the time, especially, like, in LARP organizations, when people think that the board of directors or the storytelling board or whatever the governing sort of body is of the organization, most of the time when they're not trusted, when they're like, well, I don't believe that they handled this toxic player, you know, properly or... Or this player wasn't really a toxic player and the board just threw them out or whatever. Uh, most of the time, that's almost an impossibility. Because the reality is that a lot of these... Like, Underground Theater is a great example. They're actually... Because a, you were on the board, so you know behind the curtain right. exactly how things They're actually a not-for-profit. Like, they are a legal business, which means there are paperwork trails that are required by the federal government when you, for example, revoke membership. So, and so, so like the idea, like when you throw out somebody for being toxic and then you have like 30 people all going, well, well, that player wasn't toxic. I know because that player told me what really happened. You know, the truth is, no, that player didn't tell you everything that happened. That player told you just enough so that you could be mad and take their side and try to get revenge on the board. Because the reality is that board of directors has a paper trail and they're not going to share it publicly because then there's libel and slander and all sorts of other laws that they open themselves up to. Um, you know, in the same way that your company that you work for in your day job, they don't disclose why they fire your coworkers. It's well, what the do you feel same about- legal things. In the same way that you just have to trust that your HR department did the right investigation and made the right decision, the same legal protections occur in these LARP nonprofit organizations. And, and you know, people who who don't believe that it's just because they are, are truly just ignorant of the processes or they're assholes. (laughs) (laughs) What do you feel about what makes the staff toxic and what did we do as a staff to prevent toxicity? Well, because I think that's, while that's two subjects, they are related. Well, let's talk about it on different levels first. Okay. Let's, let's first talk about like if you're at a tabletop group on Friday night and it's just, it's just Bob running your game for your gaming group. And Bob is a toxic storyteller. You know, like the toxic storyteller I was talking about in the the story I told. Yes, you just never come back. Right. We just just never come back. I've never talked to him again. I don't blame you. He's reached out to me several times uh, at at first, very like kind of, you know, begging begging me to, you know, call him and things. And I just never responded to him. And, And so... Um, you know, sometimes you just walk away. Yes. If I don't trust my, this, the guy running my game, I don't feel like I need to play there because I value my fun. Well, I always say that... that <laughs> I'm, I'm old. I don't have a lot of free time. That LARP is a hobby and like uh, access to it, while it's very important if somebody crosses a line, then they don't necessarily get me there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. like I have other things to do. Exactly. Right. I have family. Right. Well, I, you so know, I, eventually we stopped having miscarriages <laughs> and we had Dakota. Right. You know. Just, well, and oh my god. That, but like, there's a lot of games out there 
And yes. so if, if I'm spending my time at one that doesn't make me happy, then I should leave. Right. So if I, like if I don't trust staff or staff is running the game in a way that I feel is toxic, then I just, I cut my losses. Right. Because I've... Better things to do. Better things to do. I feel like as an adult, you should be willing to walk away from things that aren't adding anything to you. Check your your investments. A a toxic storyteller or game runner is way harder to deal with than a toxic player. Well, what's some ways that you recognize it? Like, my biggest pet peeve was always favoritism. You would have a clique that was friends with the staff, and it would feel like that they always accomplished their goals, or they always... And this, this is going to sound weird. They got all the bad things happen to them. Yeah. Because, because let's... <laughs> Which mean, you mean they got the, the fun plot. Right. Because, yeah. because, you know, a lot of people don't see it this way. Like, I was talking to some staff members of, of mine in underground theater years ago. Not direct staff, but people who ran games. And I said, hey, uh, it might be perceived poorly that... In your games, these people seem to have increased importance. Right. And these people were storytellers in other nearby games. And they were all friends with each other. <sighs> yeah. And they said, no, every time that person comes to my game, I you know, I have monsters trying to kill them. I'm like, but that is in and itself attention. And attention is what matters, one of especially the, in LARP. One of the tricky things about games with multiple storytellers like that and when people can travel in... Uh, is that oftentimes storytellers are... You're a storyteller for a reason. Yes. You're a dungeon master for a reason. You typically, you know the rules better than everyone else in your group, or at least equal to the people who know it the most. Yes. Right? So you have a firm understanding of the rules. You have a firm understanding of the genre. You have a firm grasp of what can and cannot happen in the world you're playing in. And you typically, because you spend so much time storytelling, that the one or two instances where you get to play, you go full on. Right. Yes. You're oh, all I understand. in. And those, those things make you, as a player, very much kind of an, I don't want to say an attention hog, because that sounds like you're doing You feel like I haven't purpose. gotten any attention in forever. But you're just like, you're, you just play harder. Yes. You know? And so I know my character can do this because I know that in genre, that's how this works. So I'm going to go for it. Yes. You know, and you're not afraid to go for it. And you know that the storytellers are going to appreciate that you're going for it because you appreciate it when your players go for it. But the problem is, as a storyteller, sometimes you have to be aware of the fact that while all of those things are true and you are doing absolutely nothing wrong, it looks to others like a bit of impropriety. And so sometimes when you're a storyteller like that, you have to actually stop yourself and go, you know what? I'm not going to play quite so hard. No, absolutely. I'm going to hand that kernel of idea to the guy standing next to me. And I will support his ass all the way to the finish line. Yeah. But I can't be the leader. I can't be the star. Yeah, I can't be the alpha. It's unfair. It's totally unfair. It is, but that's how it is. But it's it's what's best for your gaming community. A good example right now is um, I'm one of the mushes that I run. Uh, my, My character is basically in stasis right now. And he's getting ready to to awaken. Wait, wait, wait! You play a boy? What? That's toxic. Yeah, <laughs> and um, because we've got another player that's running a plot with his character where they're going to have to go rescue him and do, do all that. Like my character's going to end up staying in stasis for another week. That way, I don't steal the limelight from him. Because it would be too easy to do that. Right? Yeah, you know, and and you know what, and that's okay. I don't mind doing that because when you're when you're on a staff, when you're when you're a storyteller, when you're a game master, you put your game above your own personal character. Because you're supposed to be having fun running the game. Running the game, yeah. And, and if and, you're not, that's a completely different problem. Yeah, yes, and we've all been there, mm-hmm. but that's uh. That's a separate issue. Your fun's supposed to be from running the game. Your character is secondary in that. Yes. Well, that's complicated by things like collaborative storytelling. And, it, yeah. and well, there's a lot of new movements that say that the storyteller is the least important part of game or that the players are of equal importance. I think and the players are of equal importance. But it's a different importance. And the differences, it's a different thing. The differences become ignored or blurred. But most of those people who believe that tend to also agree that people who run a game like in, in org play, in one city, probably shouldn't be the alpha in another city. Right. Or the prince. Because right. they recognize that you have greater access to information than the average player. Yeah. Well, let's explore how can storytellers be above repro- reproach? 
Well, one of the things that I always think about is the fact that, and this is something I we sort of just hit on, is that you have to be very wary of accepting leadership positions mm-hmm. in either the game that you run or games that you say travel to. Is it is it would you say that's true in the mush world that if you're a wizard in a game that you need to be wary in other games or is the No, not not no, because, because, because the separation is great enough. Yeah, the separation is great enough. That it's it doesn't really cross over if you're a mush because I know the mush world one. seems very uh, prevalent. In mushes, though, like, I take, I you know, you have a play-by. You pick an actor or an actress to represent what you look like. Sure. And generally, you have a different face. So people don't accidentally case. realize, unless you say, hey, by the way, it's me. Right. They don't necessarily know who you are. Unless okay. you have a certain, like, thing that you always type or a way you, you, uh, you act you know, sometimes you can go, hey, I think I know this person. It's kind of like how you could, you recognize a voice on the telephone. Sometimes sure. you can recognize a, a voice, how they write. Sure. Uh, you know? There's been but, people that I have, uh, while I don't mush, I used to do a lot of uh, chat mm-hmm. role-playing games, like uh, on the Old White Wolf site. Right. Yeah. Um, what about tabletop role-playing? Do you feel like that, what a Dungeon Masters? Don't be a difficult player. I think is the best thing you can do if you're someone who runs, you know, most uh, most gaming groups, most like tabletop once or twice a week gaming groups, you know, let's say there's seven or eight of you or six or seven of you, right? Uh, you've got of that group, there's only maybe two of you who run games. You know what I mean? Usually right. the number of people who storytell in your group is always much small. smaller. To those couple of people who actually do run games in your tabletop group, I would say when it's your turn to play. Don't immediately scour the books for the most rarest specialist snowflake <laughs> character yeah. you could possibly find. Uh, don't you don't have to immediately go. Well, I have to play this Abyssian bred red Tarrasque possessed by a demon. I'm a because, weird right? shark. I haven't got to play anything forever, so I want to play something weird mm-hmm. and out right. there. Or because I have, I'm the only person in the group who has read every single book. I know. I, know. I read thing. this one sentence about this thing. And I uh, and it's made me want to play it for. Like that time you played a demon in Star Wars. No, that was not. That wasn't me. That was the NPC of the storyteller uh, that I told the story about at the beginning of this. <laughs> Tonight, believe it or not. Uh, well, I, in hindsight, I learned almost everything I know about being a good a good from that one storyteller guy. from that one guy. Just, was, just do the opposite every time. Uh, yeah, in in hindsight. In yeah. hindsight, it's really kind of it's sad. It's unfortunate. I remember playing in one of his game once with you, and something had happened. In like somebody like got their foot. It was like a D and D campaign, and someone got their foot in a trap or something ridiculous happened, and all of the players started making foot puns <laughs> and just being silly, and everybody was laughing and having right. fun, and he got so mad. Because he was trying to tell a story. Yeah. This and is it my was, high art. Yeah, and it was just like, we're all having fun. You win. That's the point. We're mm-hmm. having fun. You are doing a successful game, sir. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's like I always just like, eh. I, I think a big part of it is that as a storyteller, you have taken a leadership position within the community. Right. Mm-hmm. And as such, you need to act like a leader. And leaders... It's, it's almost, when you're playing, it's almost... Your opportunity to practice servant leadership. Yes. Yeah. Practice what you preach. I read something really cool about the SCA. And, you know, again, this is not for personal experience, but a, an article I read. And it was about how that if you're a knight in the SCA, like you've gotten to the level where you've been knighted, they have an expectation of your behavior in-game and out-of-game. Yep. You have to be honorable on, on Facebook. You have to be honorable at your job. Right. And they hold you to that expectation. And sometimes I wonder if... Perhaps we should almost ceremoniously make people uh, storytellers and say, by the way, you now have accepted this uh, this this leadership role within Theref- our right. community. Therefore, we are going to hold you to a higher standard. Yeah. yeah. And so as a, as a storyteller or a DM, when it's your turn to play, just don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You be, know? be the better guy. Be the guy you want to run for. Play. Yes. Play the play the part that you want to see in the game that you run. Yes. You know, and unfortunately, maybe if it's a Star Wars game, that means you do roll up a demon. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like, don't make, don't make the special snowflake 
crazy, crazy character. Don't, uh, you know, don't make the character that is secretly plotting to kill everyone else in the party. <laughs> you know, don't make the character where every time you do something, you have to then step out of character and justify those actions by saying, yeah, but I was just playing my character. Oh, guys. man, I, oof. You know, Anytime you say those words, you need to back up. Right. And think about what you're doing. Yeah, because it's your character. You play that character. Right. The character does not play you. Yes, so, absolutely. So, you know, I think... Really, it comes down to this is your opportunity to practice servant leadership and be the player that you want to run for. And I think that if if you do that, you will be a better storyteller in the long run as well because your your players will respect you more. So yeah. if you feel like that you've messed up a little bit, is there anything you can do as a leader within the community to kind of fix things? I think own it. Yes, admitting yeah. it. It's super important. Admit it. Apologize it. Apologize for it. Uh, that those things can go uh, incredibly, incredibly long ways. I also think, you know, if it's your Friday night game, maybe the answer is, you know what, guys, I screwed this up really bad. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done that. So listen, I'm gonna let you guys run game for a few months. I'm right. Just, Sometimes you gotta I'm take a step play, back. Just sort of press the reset button and re-earn your place in the group. Yeah, one of the things they talked about in that uh, punk rock uh, episode of Invisibilia was that. There was a person who got called out and realized that their behavior in the past had been pretty bad. And essentially, they realized they can no longer hold a leadership position within the community for a while. And maybe at some point in the future, they could step back in. Right. But for now, they need to be supportive and do what's best for the community. Yeah. Like if you were if you were if you were a player or a storyteller and you got, you know, suspended, you know, a temporary suspension from the org for for six months, you know, because you had maybe treated somebody inappropriately, right. you know, mm-hmm. don't come back and three months later uh, become the head storyteller of another game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Always, <laughs> always. <laughs> because if people uh, were upset with you enough to ask you to leave then for a short time, then maybe you need to be extra respectful if you decide to come back. You right. know, or, or if it's just... And that, isn't that true in all things? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If I'm at work and I get in trouble for something... Which anybody who knows my work behavior will know that that's common. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say common. <laughs> that that you accept the criticism and say, you know what, you're absolutely right. I should have been doing that better. And then you don't do that ever again, whatever that thing is. You keep your head low at least for a while. At least for a while right. and behave yourself right. extra well. I know in mushes when when my staff, like if we're like, you know, we're not quite sure how to deal. Um, you know, communicate with your staff first. You know, if you have, if oh, you're lucky enough this, to have staff, yes. yeah, you know, like, oh, and, well, I said in a mush, um, and like so, like if you have a player that you're having problems with or you're not communicating directly, hand it off to another staffer mm-hmm. to do that, yes. or go, I'm going to send them this message. Does that sound okay? I I've edited, I've had my messages edited, and I've edited my other staffers' messages. Like, hey, we know this player doesn't respond well if you talk about ice cream. Don't you know talk what? about we, ice cream. You we've know, all like, edited each other's yes, tirades. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes you got to ride the tirade. I edit, somebody else needs to send it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I edit you guys on this podcast. All uh, the time. I know to make yourself look better. <laughs> what happens when the staffs and the players have become adversarial? Well, I think because that's that's like toxicity at its worst, and and I, of course, I mean toxicity as it, at its worst is is you know sexual harassment or or that's physical, know, yeah, thi- physical sort of things. But but you know like outside of the criminal, uh, toxic toxic environment at its worst is really when the staff and the player become unable to trust one another, or there's a us versus them kind uh, of mentality. Yeah. So what do you do when the community has become problematic? Well, I think when the the ST relationship, the ST player relationship becomes adversarial, the first thing you have to do is recognize that that's happened. You right. should never be. Every story you should tell should be to be interesting for your players, not to get them. Right. And if you catch yourself, hey, all of my stories are about how to get these people. Maybe that's a problem. Uh, especially if they seem to be playing in a certain way that encourages you to do that. You either need to sit down and say, hey, guys, this is not the sort of game I want to run. Right. Or you say, uh, hey, these are the sorts of reactions that are normal. Or finally you say, hey, this is the sort of game they want to play. I should adjust my style. Um, I think that 
recognizing, I, I think we need to specify though that recognizing the problem doesn't mean like sitting down with your staff and going, yeah, we got a problem with our players, man. If you say the words, you, I've got a problem with my players, you've got a problem with your players and your staff. Well, but, but what, no, what I'm saying is <laughs> you have to communicate with the person you're having the problem with. Oh, yes. Definitely. Not, you know, like just, you know, sitting around going, hey, how's, hey, staff, how do we fix this? Is well, it going to work? The, the answer is we. the first step to us fixing it is we sit down with all of our players. Yes. And we say, hey, guys, we have a problem. You know, and, and I think being open and honest as you're, with your game as a whole going, hey, this isn't working. We want it to work. I'm willing to make some changes. Are you guys willing? You know, let's let's talk. And I'll tell you the crazy thing is that if you have built a healthy gaming community that has become adversarial – if you try to break that by sitting down with the entire community and going, hey, guys, this has become broken. We don't trust one another or we have become adversarial. What can we do to fix it? You will be incredibly surprised at the support you receive for trying to fix it. Well, players don't want to be your adversary. They know that they're losing when there's no fun. Exactly. Or there's no game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm friends with some people who have a game in Greensboro, and while I'm not always the biggest fan of that specific genre that they run, which is, that's me, not them. They admittedly said that they used to have a very toxic community there. And when they started their UT chapter, they sat down and the very first thing they said was, is, hey guys, this used to be awful. So here's the things we're going to implement to fix that. And they said it was overwhelming how happy people were to be able to play in a game that was going to be fun because they didn't have to worry about all these other problems on the outside. Right. They could put aside their out-of-character concerns and just focus on the in-character fun that they wanted to have. And and just frankly talking to your players, and players frankly talking to staff and saying, yeah. hey, these are the reasons why I'm not happy. And this is kind of a outside-the-subject example, but my parents have some rental property. Uh, it's not very much, but... What's important about it is occasionally you have bad renters. Right. And if no one there tells you, hey, I'm going to move because Bobby wakes me up every night at midnight blaring his radio. Right. You don't know that. They just leave. Right. And then the next person moves into that room. They leave too. And you think, these people are terrible. But really, it was Bobby. I feel and you bad. never know. I feel terrible for Bob because not only has he been a terrible game runner, but then he was also an yeah. awful <laughs> renter. Well, what was wrong was he was running a game there and it was crazy loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what'll happen is, is you'll think that the people that are around Bob are toxic. Right. Because they keep getting angry, yelling at you and leaving and they never tell you, hey, Bob's it's doing Bob. this. Yeah. Because they don't feel comfortable telling you. And can I tell you something else, too, is that a lot of times, you know, it's well, it's important that we remember toxicity is rarely solely caused by the person whose behavior is toxic. If you coach somebody early, like Carrie was talking about. Right. You can change a lot. Toxicity is a combination of that. Yes, that broken stair is broken because the stair is broken. Okay. But that broken stair becomes toxic when we all just start stepping over it. And no one ever says, hey, man. Fix the damn stair. Yeah. <laughs> either either you have to go or you have to change your behavior or this or that. Right. You have to address it and you have to do it. To me, you have to do it with, your like if you have a staff, you, your whole staff talks right. together and works something out. Um, if, if it's your singular storyteller, then you need to have a large group of players all there. Yes. Uh, yep. It's tricky. Like, you want to talk to somebody privately as much as possible, but you also want the community to understand what's going on. Yes. So, uh, man, it's a lot of times it's a use your best judgment sort of thing. To me, I always say, coach, coach, ban. You know, I'm going to coach you twice about your behavior, but then after that, you're not welcome here. Coach me once, shame on me. <laughs> yeah. Coach me twice, shame on you. <laughs> coach me three times, I'm banned. Yeah, you've already been banned. <laughs> um. I, and I think it's also important for us to, I mean, really drive home this idea that that 99% of the time people don't know they're being toxic. Right. Right. If, and, and like you said, and we touched on it earlier. Everybody had. Earlier. Of the 99% of the time that the guy, that the person doesn't think that they're being toxic, probably 80% of the time they believe it's everyone around them that's being toxic. Because what they're seeing is the reactions to their toxicity that feels like they're being attacked. And you know what? They're not going to like it when you tell them, hey, I think you're the problem. Well, no 
one does. No, no. Yeah. But later on, it might even be years down the road, right. they're going to be, you know what? I was a jerk. I was the problem. Yeah. And if you hadn't have planted that seed, then immediately they would never have came to that realization. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why I, this is a terrible belief, but it is, I believe that it is true. And I think you guys will agree with me. I have found in all of these years of storytelling that the player or players who are complaining the most about your game are usually the source of the problem. It's a tricky divide. I agree. A lot of times the loudest people that have issues with toxicity are the ones who are toxic. Look, right. I just like to say, he who smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of the problem is that you, it's difficult to believe that you're the bad guy in any situation. We all have this internal narrative that's trying to paint us right. as the mm-hmm. hero. And when you tell these stories to other people, you, you do, you tell the story as if you were the good guy. Well, yeah. And it reinforces your own belief that you're the good guy. And, you know, like I said earlier, I take a hard line against uh, physical and Absolutely. sexual Absolutely. things. But most other things, I, I'm willing to coach you at least once. Right. And even with some of the, like, I used to be a very physical role player, as in I would want to, like, slap some A on the shoulder. And there's people who are not into that at all. Right. Or I don't realize, because I have a physical job, I don't always realize my own strength versus people who do not have physical jobs. You are so very powerful. I'm not that strong. <laughs> I'm strong compared to people who don't do manual, work, labor. manual labor for a living. And, like, I've slapped people on the back and they've been like, hey, that's too hard. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. Do not do that. I do not I accept would, physical role play. You, you carry wood all day. Uh, I live in my mom's basement. <laughs> no. You know what? <laughs> Those guys are never the problem. That's true. It's usually some PR guy who sits in office all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, you hit me so hard. <laughs> yeah. No, you you know what I say that, but you usually do accept physical role play. I do. Yeah. Is this where you now no, go on? It's the patent slap. What do you oh, No, I'm, I don't right know. Now? I'm gonna have to hit you with something though. Just to, oh, they're grabbing each other's thighs uh, again. Weird. No, I, I I need to bring in a, a rat collar for your character and put it on you in the middle of the gathering. Because he's a rat kid. Right. Yeah. That could be great. <laughs> this, this got awkward. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, then let's go ahead and wind it down. So in, in conclusion, uh, what, what do we think about toxicity? We Obviously, we didn't talk about any of the huge, heavy-hitting stuff like, like the sexual harassment and sexual abuse. And that's uh, I think it's important to note that that was a little bit intentional uh, because we want – that's one of the reasons why we're starting the Patreon. One of the, re, one of the goals is to be able to have enough money like to have a lawyer come on the show to talk about – how to deal with those things. And we have already contacted somebody to talk specifically about that, but we've got to wait till we've got enough funds to be able to, because you have to pay somebody to do that. Right. So, you know, if you want a professional, the professional thoughts, then you have to pay professional wages. That's why we're doing this for free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so, but having said that though, like as a general rule, I think resolving toxicity is about being self-aware and aware of what's going on around you and being open to the criticism of yourself for those things and also to express that you're seeing those things around you. I think another thought on that is to say that, remember that if you're part of a community of any kind, you have to remember that you're not just responsible for your own enjoyment. You're also responsible for the enjoyment of the community. Right. And even if you don't believe, say, a specific behavior is a problem, if the community is not happy with it, then you need to address that in yourself. Is that a is that a real problem or is that something that I need to maybe leave the community if they don't believe this? Right. If you're miserable, you're going to make everyone around you miserable. If yeah. either one of you is miserable with your behavior, you either need to change your behavior or leave. Right. Um, and then I think the, the last is just that we have to be willing to communicate with each other. Always. Yeah. Ha- trust your, your friends, trust your community enough to one-on-one address things. Peer-to-peer coaching it's one of the things they talk about at work for safety is that you can't get people to wear their safety glasses all the time by their boss telling them to wear their safety glasses all the time. I, as their friend, as their peer, has to say, hey, put your safety glasses on. Put your earplugs in. The same thing is true of safety in a community. Hey, man, leave that girl alone. She clearly isn't interested in you. Hey, man, I think you were cheating earlier. Or when they say, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't have yelled when everybody else was trying to talk. Listen. And think about those moments when something does come up and 
you start hearing everyone around you saying things like, oh, yeah, well, he's been a toxic player for years. Take a moment and look at look at those years and see if you can figure out, like, at what point did we start tolerating that? At what point did we not step in so that when those things happen with someone else, we don't let that behavior be repeated? And you have a measure of culpability at some point. You had an opportunity to coach that person 20 years ago and maybe change who they are. Right. And you didn't. And while they're the person who actually did the thing that's bad, Carrie. you could have what? fixed it. Well, she's the legend. She's the only one who's been running for 20 years straight. You could have made a better player. And you chose not to. You right. could have been a better player, and you didn't. So, Sorry. are we ready for... I feel like you just gave us this huge, huge, huge turd of awesome. So, let's go ahead and get yes. game wrap. Uh, yeah. All right, it's time for game wrap. Before we give out XP and... Uh, head home for the night. Let's just quickly remind everybody where they can find us. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere else that you might find podcasts. Please seek us out there. Wherever you listen to us, give us a five-star review and subscribe to us. You can also find us at honorrollpodcast.com and you can give us feedback or hang out and talk to us at facebook.com slash groups slash honorrollpodcast. And of course, last but certainly not least... We now have a Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash podcast, and you can help us keep this thing going and, and get better equipment so our sound quality goes up, and you can help us pay for uh, all the different advancements and things that we want to make happen with this podcast, like bringing a lawyer to talk about sexual harassment and other sorts of uh, you know rough behaviors that we, we see that can leave us in legal stickiness at our games. What? She's laughing because you said sticky. It's important to note that as much as I try, Carrie is the one who's crazy and mature. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I try my best to bring down the, the levels. <laughs> all right, all right. So, hey, 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 I came for XP. What do I got? Well, okay. Uh, first up, Jason, you get three XP for attendance. Woohoo! Yeah. Wait, that's not as much as floor. That's too bad. Uh, what is floor? Who cares? Isn't it four now? I don't know. Okay. Don't care. I'm over it. I think floor is toxic. Yeah, we're, that, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. <laughs> Dealing with XP differences in large-scale games. <laughs> All right, so you get three points for attendance. You get uh, four points for doing the show notes for us this time. That was nice. Uh, yeah. We appreciate that. Well, I decided it was my turn to do something. Yeah. Since and you do most of the work. And lastly, you actually get 12 bonus experience points this evening because uh, I can tell you've done a lot of driving in your car and your left arm is completely sunburnt and yep. your right arm is <laughs> as pale as my stomach. That's true. That's and true. Oh, so, my goodness. It goes I, all the way up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Carrie, you get 10 points for attending. Oh. Thank you very much. And you get two points for loopy comments caused by the medications that you're on. I do not that loopy. That's they? true. Were That's they? True. Was I? I don't well, know. Well, according to the chest timer that we use to make sure that you get to talk the same as the rest of us, right. oh, you're way behind, and we attributed it to you feeling bad this week. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been feeling yeah. very well. It's true. It's true. All right, well, join us next week when our topic is should Jason shave his entire body for his LARP character? The answer is yes. Until oh. then, remember, Again. the only way to win an RPG is yeah. to have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Fun. What? No. Have fun. Yeah. Fun is toxic. All of the thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Hey.